0: My name is Clayton. I'm the pastor here at Central. I'm glad you guys are with us. If you're a guest, I'm super excited that you're here with us as well. I'd love to, to meet you if I haven't met you yet. And so I'll be hanging out in here after the service and love to, uh, to get to know you a little bit better. And uh, thank you guys for being here. I and mean, just this looks a little different with all the kids gone, but I'm excited about what Mindy's doing over there with them. It's going to be a special time um, for them. And it's, it's a new change for our church, uh, trying to provide more space um, for people here in the, the worship facility. And so uh, if you'd like to follow along with today's message, just like Noah said, there's lots of different ways you can do that. But one of the easiest ways, take out your phone, scan the QR code that's on the screens right there, and you can follow along with, with the notes um, right there. Because uh, we are jumping in into the the second week of a series uh, that we're call, calling Finding Your Fit. And over the last uh, or last week and then this week as well, we've been talking about what does it look like to, to be in a church where you actually feel like you belong? Um, you know, the, the game Tetris was an awesome game back in the 80s and 90s. and I remember as a little kid playing that game, and it was kind of uh, kind of upset me a lot when I, I couldn't get the blocks to turn fast enough and find the right place that they were supposed to go. And I think in, in life sometimes we're, we're the same way, that when it comes to maybe it's your, your school or your, your job or your, your sports team or in your, your neighborhood and even in the church, sometimes you feel just kind of like you're missing out, like you're, you're alone and you can't find a place to, to belong. And last week we talked about that. We talked about how if you're not serving and if you're, if you're a believer in Jesus, if you come to, to church here, one of the best ways you can be a part of the, the church is to serve. And if you're not serving like Jesus served, because he was a servant first and foremost, if you're not doing that, then, then you're missing out. There's so much more than just coming and attending. And it was pretty awesome. We had 24 brand new people that are not serving anywhere uh, that said yes to that call last week. And that call is still available. If you'd like to find your place to fit and to serve here at Central, man, I want to invite you, when we finish here, over in the Central Hub, just like Brett was talking about on the 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 video uh, there's a, a next steps table, and there's people there that can help you find a place um, for you to say yes to, to serving and finding um, your fit. Well, several years ago, when I, was a, when I was a youth pastor, I had the bright idea to take a bunch of teenagers um, across the world on a mission trip, and I uh, don't know what I was thinking, um, but uh, that was awesome, and we, we, we piled into the, the church bus, and this church bus was just massive. It's 39-passenger, big, giant bus. It's got like an 18-wheeler front on it. And um, I decided to take these teenagers to, um, to the DFW airport to, to, to fly out. And I had to drive this, this ginormous uh, beast of a, of a machine. And I remember driving um, all the way to DFW airport. And I called ahead and said, hey, I need to park this thing for two weeks, okay? Like, where can I park this thing? Because I definitely don't have, they don't have ballet parking for something like that. So it's like, where do I park this thing? And they said, hey, the extended parking area, way out there, I mean, you got to take a shuttle a bus after, but there's, there's tons of parking out there, and you just go out there. So I looked at the Google Maps, and there's tons of space, and it was, I was like, there's, I can do this. I can, I can make this happen. So we drive there plenty of time, and we get to this parking lot, and it's just, like, packed, guys. I mean, it's just cars everywhere, thousands of cars And I'm driving around up and down these aisles trying to find a place to park. Now, this bus is massive. It's about the size of the stage. It's a huge bus. And I needed about six parking spots in a row where I could just pull in and and I'd be good. And I drive around for it was a good 45 minutes trying to find a place. And there's like spots, there's two open or three or four, but I could not find a place where I could actually fit this, this giant bus in. So I, I just drop all the kids and the sponsors off at the terminal area where they could get on the plane. And I go back, and I'm trying to find a place to park. And I, just this anxiety came over me that I was going to miss out on everything. You know, like I'm just going to drive this bus around for two weeks in this parking lot uh, trying to find a place to park. And it got so bad, and I had I had one guy with me. And we were trying to find a place to park. We would would try to, like, nudge into somewhere, like, this is not going to work. So we'd back out and go try to find. And I finally found a place that had, like, four and a half parking spots open, okay? And and I said, just whatever, I'm just going to park here. And so I inched in, and it was one of those 30-minute long, like, parking jobs where you're going, er, er, er," like, back and forth. I was, like, one inch from this car, and I back up one inch from this car and just going back and forth. Until finally I had enough, and I just put it in park, locked the doors, and I said, tow it if you want to, right? And we just left it like in the middle of the, the aisle there. I mean, it was like a 35,000 pound bus. So, I mean, if they're gonna tow it, awesome, go for it. And we just left it there for two weeks, but I had this, this feeling inside of me that I was going to miss out on everything that was happening. And I kind of panicked a little bit. I don't know if you've ever had that feeling. And you may feel like that if you're here today, and you feel like maybe you just don't belong. Maybe you're, you're brand new here today. Uh, maybe you've been here for a while, but you, you feel like you're still kind of like, a, like an outsider, that you're, you're missing something. Well, let me tell you something. You're not alone. There's a lot of people in this room who feel like they just haven't found their fit. And not only that, but there's people way back in our past, in the, the past of the church, who didn't feel like they they fit anywhere either. And they had to wrestle with that and try to try to figure this out. And so we're going to be in the book of Acts today. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn there to Acts chapter 2. And we're going to read a passage that you guys have probably heard before. So as you're turning there, um, let me kind of give you a little background. Um, so, so Luke wrote the gospel of Luke and also the, the book of Acts. And they're kind of like part one and part two to the, the story that Luke had for us. And so Part one is the Gospel of Luke, which tells about Jesus' life. Part two, which is the book of Acts, begins to tell literally about the the work that the church was doing, the brand-new church, the very first church, the things that they um, were doing. And so chapter one, kind of crazy, the resurrected Jesus is is hanging out with his guys, and he says, hey, um, I have a mission for you, which is called the, the Great Commission, okay? I want you to go and tell the world about me, okay? So he gives them this this great mission to to go and to do, to share the gospel. And so if you've never heard what the gospel is, the gospel is is the message, the good news of Jesus and what he has done for you. Because every single one of us is a sinner in need of someone to fix what is broken in our lives. And for most of us, for a lot of us, we spend a considerable amount of our lives trying to go through and, and to to make it work, to try to earn our way into some type of right relationship with God. But you can't do that. And Jesus says, the only way to make yourself right with a holy God is through my sacrifice. And that is the gospel message for you this morning, that God wants you to hear and to, and to know. And he says, hey, for all of you who believe in me, you're supposed to go and tell people. You're supposed to go and to, to share this. But what's amazing is he doesn't leave his believer is empty-handed. He says, I'm promising you the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's going to come, and he's going to empower you to do everything that, that I've commanded you to do. And if you were here with us last week, we kind of talked about how it's pretty amazing how God never leaves us empty-handed. When he calls you to something, he's going to equip you to do that. And that's what he did with these early believers. He said, you know what? I'm giving you this huge task, okay? This big mission for you to go do but I'm not leaving you empty-handed. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes, empowers the believers to be able to go and begin to share the gospel. And the church in Jerusalem is the very, very first church, okay? And this church started out with, the Bible says, with 120 people, okay? So it wasn't just 12 guys. It was about 120 believers, the Bible says. And then it explodes to about 3,000 people in one day. I mean, it's just incredible um, example of God moving in people's lives. So it goes from 120 to 3,000, okay. And then by the time you get to Acts chapter four, it's well into around 15,000 believers, okay, in Jerusalem. Just this massive explosion of of the church. So the church is explodes and it grows, and it kind of reminds me of going to the fair. anybody ever go to the fair when they were when they were growing up? Anybody? Fair. Okay, so. Man, I uh, I remember going to the fair um, when I was when I was little, and we did it every year. And it's like super redneck guys. I mean, it's just bad. And those rides were like super janky. And i just, you know, I've never let my kids go on those. But my parents let me. It was just crazy. Like when if if a if a ride can like can magically appear out of an 18-wheeler truck and be okay and safe, like you probably shouldn't ride that. Um, but we went and all these rides. But the best part about it is, is all the food. And so you have all those, those trailers with all the food. And it's the only place in the world where you can just walk around with a giant, like, turkey leg, just, like, gnawing on it. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody do that? Maybe that's just me. I don't know. Maybe it's a Texas thing. But, but it was just you do that and get the funnel cakes. Anybody like the funnel cakes? Those are good. Or all the different kinds of popcorn that you can get. Um, or anybody do, like, a fried Snickers? Come on, that's where it's at. If you don't have any plans for lunch, I encourage you to go to the store, get a Snickers, get some corn dog batter, and just fry that sucker up. It'll change your life, okay? Just go straight to the ER after that, okay? Um, but, no, like, it, it's amazing what they, what they have. It's terrible food. One of my favorite kinds of food is, is cotton candy, okay? I, I love cotton candy. I love how they um, make cotton candy with the machines, and it's like these spider webby kind of stuff of the cotton candy mix, and they swirl around. And they make this giant... Uh, amount of cotton candy and the kids love it right and the kid you're like man it's just it's just straight sugar you know and and uh, and it's just gonna be like a huge like sugar high and then it's gonna go really bad really quick by the time we get in the car and so um man I, I love the the cotton candy because because it just melts in your mouth doesn't it but what happens to cotton candy if you if you just like dipped it in water like it just disintegrates it just it just goes back to like its its basic form and all the cotton candy is 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 sugar right and i think the church is a lot like that like the church is, has a lot of things going on there's a lot of fluff when it comes to the church. Every church deals with that. There's a lot of meetings. There's a lot of different ministries. Those things are good. There's a lot of going on, and there's a lot of happenings that are, that are going on. And even a lot of churches are dealing with, like, politics. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that is going on in the life of the church. And some of those things are not necessary. Some of those things are great and awesome. But if you got down and shrunk it down to the very, like, core of, of the, the Bible, what is the church? And what is it all about? That's what I want us to look at today in Acts chapter 2. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. I'm going to read it um, from my Bible right here. In Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 42. Here's what the Bible says about the basics of, of the church, okay? Here's what it says. All the believers, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. And to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. So they loved to eat, okay? It's just like our church and most churches love to eat, love to be together. They were devoted together. It says, a deep sense of awe came over them all. And the apostles, they performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place, and they shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions, and they shared the money with those in need. And they, they worshiped together at the temple each day, and they met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and they shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And it says, here's the result of all of that. It's, it's a passage you've heard many, many times. It says this, and each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. The Bible says, added to those who were being saved. I think this is, the, this is something that we've got to try to look at today when it comes to the church. And what is the, what is the purpose of the church? And I think these early believers were asking the same question that we might be asking today. Which is, what is the, what is the church supposed to be? Like, what is the church supposed to be doing? Because I think for, for a lot of us, we have this, this desire to fit in. But the question is, what are we fitting into, you know? And so we look at this passage and say, well, what is the church supposed to, to be all about? Well, we see that they were, they were devoted, weren't they? They were devoted to something. Or another, word, another way of thinking of this is they belong to something. That's another way you could say it. So they were, they were devoted to, to worshiping God and to being together. That's like in the simplest form as you can get it. That's what the church was all about. And the church was... All the believers. So he didn't have just some. There wasn't, wasn't like a fracture in the church. Everybody was doing this together. And that's pretty simple. In Acts chapter 2, this passage we've been looking at, it really gives us this, this great picture of what the early church was and how we should strive to be. And so I came up with just a simple sentence. If someone were to ask me, what, does, what is the church, like in its essence? And I came up with this simple sentence that I want you to, to think about today. It's this. It's a, a mission-minded community of worshipers becoming more like Jesus. If I were to boil down the church to its essence, to its sugar, right, to the, taking the cotton candy and just breaking it all the way down, what is the church all about? Well, the church is a, a mission-minded community of worshipers becoming more like Jesus. Let me let me kind of break that down for you. So a, a mission-minded group, okay? At the very end of this passage, it says that all these people were getting saved, right? Well, what are they getting saved from? Saved from their sins, ...to a life of Jesus, okay? And so evidently the gospel's going forth. And so they were, these people were on mission. They were going and telling people about Jesus. They weren't just having a holy huddle and just talking about stuff, okay? They were actually going and being on mission. And so that's what a, what a, what a group of Christ followers is. That's what a church is, a mission-minded, but what? A community of, of worshipers. And so they were together. They had all things in common. They were taking care of one another. All those things that you see in that passage, they were doing those things. And at the same time, they were worshiping Jesus, Okay? They were doing the Lord's Supper together. They were praying together. They were worshiping at the temple together. They were in homes together and spending time together. They were a community of worshipers. And all they were doing was they were trying to become more like Jesus. The very beginning of that passage, it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings. Didn't it? Well, what is that? Well, that's the the gospel message. They didn't have the Bible like we did back then. They had these letters, okay? And so they would go and read these things together and say, what is this talking about? What am I supposed to do with all of this? And they began to not just have a whole bunch of knowledge, but actually begin to live it out, okay? So this is what the church is all about. Simple, like simple basic thing of what the church is. A mission-minded community of worshipers becoming more like Jesus. So here's my question for us today. How do you find your fit in something like that? How do you belong to a church that's like that? Well, in many ways, um, while the, the first century church was growing and expanding, honestly, they were a collection of small groups. So think about that. You're in Jerusalem. The church is exploding, getting bigger and bigger. But the Bible says they met in homes or they met wherever there was availability for them to meet. And they did certain things together, and then at times they would come together in larger groups, and they would spend time together worshiping and praying and doing those things, a lot of things that the churches do in modern-day times. But in its essence, the church, if you boil it down to, it was a bunch of small groups. They studied Scripture together, they worshiped together, they met in homes, they built close relationships. And that's what you need. That's what I need. When we talk about finding our fit, we can talk about serving opportunities But if we were to boil down what is the basic of a church, a community of believers coming together, it's all about small groups, guys. It's all about connecting with other people. And honestly, that's what we're offering for you today. I think there's some people here, there's some people online who need to find their fit in a small group. Because here's the deal. You were created to fit in a small group. And every single generation, not just yours, but every single generation all the way back to Jesus' time has struggled with this has struggled with fitting in in a church, of being truly known, of having deep relationships, of being able to ask questions and have your your questions answered. To be able to struggle and someone lift you up. And then someone else is struggling, you lift them up. Throughout the centuries, people have struggled with how do I live in community with other people? Because, man, I, I'm, I'm kind of digging this Jesus thing. Maybe I'm a, I'm a follower of Jesus. Maybe I'm just trying this Jesus thing out. And I want to belong to something. So I just, do I just go to church? Do I just show up in these massive buildings and feel like that's where I'm going to belong? And the answer is it's not going to work. You're going to feel like you are just a number. And you're going to feel like you're just a, a blank face where no one knows your name. And the answer to you finding your fit is being in small group but here's the deal at Central we got a problem just like Mindy was talking about in the video earlier she's saying we got we got a problem like we've run out of space for, for some for our kids and stuff the same thing in our church we have some other problems and one of them is is that our leaders are not in community we have a whole group of leaders every Sunday morning you know there's 37 leaders in our church who are never in a small group ever okay so some of you guys, most of you guys probably were in a small group this morning. A lot of you guys were um, earlier. But there's 37, whether they're staff or volunteers, and they never get to be in a small group. And I say never, I mean never. For like decades, they just serve and serve and serve every single week, and they never get to be in community. And that's a problem, isn't it? That's a big problem if we have leaders and volunteers who don't get to be in a small group. Another problem we have is our, is our community is not in the church. I mean, do you go out in the community today, if you go to lunch today who's working? Who's out there? Who's driving? One of our deacons and I, we were, we were just outside talking earlier and there was family just walking their dog out, out, outside um, on the other side of the field. I'm just thinking about like Sunday, just normal life is going on, right? On Sunday. All the restaurants are open. All the stores are open. People are just living life. And as a as a church, we tell them, hey, you need community. But you know what? Community only can happen on Sunday mornings, right? At a certain time. And for a lot of them, they say, well, then that's not for me because I gotta work. I gotta do this thing. I have these responsibilities. And so our community is not in church, and that, and that is a, a problem. But I think another big problem is, is the church is not ready for, for people. Remember when I talked about how um, the church in Jerusalem went from like 120 to 3,000 and then to 15,000? It didn't stop there. By the time you get to Acts chapter 21, there was probably around, did not say it specifically, but it was probably around 50,000 believers in Jerusalem and the surrounding area. That's a giant mega church, okay? In just a few short years, this church really explodes. How do they all stay together? Did they, like, do, like, a massive building campaign and build this giant church and they all go and meet there? No, they just, they just met in, in small groups, Right? There was no room for them all together, but they stayed unified because they were in these, these small groups. And I think that's a great principle for us that as the church grows, it also has to get smaller, right? As the church gets bigger and bigger, it has to, to get smaller. And I feel like that's actually the biblical way to function as a church. And so here's what I believe is going to happen here at this church. Whether you're new here or you've been here for a long time, I believe this church is going to grow. In fact, it's, it's been growing like crazy lately. But as it's growing larger, it also has to get smaller. And the only way that that biblically works is through small groups. And let me, let me show you this, this passage in Hebrews. Because this, this is something we've all been dealing with. Everybody's been struggling with this for a long, long time. And here's what Hebrews 10 says. It says, let us think of ways to, to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Okay? Okay. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of, this, of his return is drawing near. So as, as Jesus' return becomes more and more imminent, like he's going to come back someday, this is what he promises us. And as we're living out our faith, as we're trying to, to grow, as we struggle through this life, he says, don't forget to meet together. Because that's what's happening for a lot of people. They're just, they're just doing life on their own. He says that's not what you should be doing and verse 24 is is our call it's our call to think of great ways to do that let us let us think of ways to motivate one another okay let us think of ways that we can do this in unique ways to be able to to be together and so here's what we do here at our church real real simply we have small groups on sunday mornings right 9.30, 9.30, everybody come to your Sunday school class. And so people show up and they go and they sit in their Sunday school class. And that's awesome. That's something that Southern Baptist Church has been doing for a really, really long time. Almost every church um, in America has been doing things like that for a long time. And that's something we're going to continue to do here at our church. But the reality is, is we're out of space. Like we have one or two rooms open and that's it. I mean, people are meeting in offices. They're all over the place. It's just crazy on Sunday mornings. We don't have any more room. And if we're going to make more room for people, we got to have something different that's available for people. And so what we're doing, and this is something we want to kind of let you guys know, is that we're not doing something that's crazy or novel or brand new, but it's kind of new to our church. Is that we're going to offer not just small groups on Sunday morning, but we're going to begin to offer home groups. As a church, we're going to begin to offer home groups um, in, in different people's homes, different church members' homes. And it's going to be a time for you to be able to meet whenever you are available. And I love that, the idea of coming together um, throughout the week. So if you're like, what in the world is a small group? If you're sitting here going, I don't know what you're talking about, Clayton, this is weird. Okay, so in Baptist Life, Sunday school classes, okay? Go and sit down. Got your quarterly, you know, or whatever. And or you got your Bible and you're reading, you're studying it, you got your teacher, and there's community happening and all that kind of stuff, and it's awesome. But it's happening here at the church and so we want to provide opportunities for that to happen just in people's homes. Where you can, with your spouse or whether you're a single person, you can come and you can bring your kids or whatever. There's going to be different ways of doing it. And you can come and, and be a part of a group. We just study, study God's word. Maybe they're going to study a different Bible study. We're actually having a couple groups that are going to start in a couple weeks. They're actually going to do something different. They're actually going to begin to um, try to apply the message. Okay? So we're going to provide them. Some, some questions and discussion for the sermon. And so you, you come to church, listen to the sermon, or you go online and you watch the sermon, and then you go to your small group and you get to, to talk about the, the message and how to apply it um, to your life. We're gonna offer a lot of different ways to do that. Well, how many people are in a small group? Well, some Sunday school classes got like 30 40 people in, a, in, a, in there, but a real true small group is probably about a dozen people. And when you get past that, man, it's hard to be known and to, to really um, dig in like you need to. And so we need and realize that we need to begin to offer some more opportunities um, for people. Because here's the truth this morning. You can get preaching and great worship anywhere, can't you, online? Honestly, our, our worship is, is great, but there is even better worship online. And my preaching is adequate at best, okay? Okay. And there is incredible preaching online. But incredible worship and incredible preaching online is amazing, but it has a problem in that there's no interaction, you know? There's nowhere for you to interact in the middle of that. But with a small group, you can. Or people can come together and they can ask questions. They can give their insight. They can, they can just be real with people. They can share their experiences. They can even share their doubt. And they can, they can listen and grow together. That's pretty awesome. And so what I want to do is just real quickly share with you some benefits of a small group. If you're like, hey, never been in a small group before or haven't been in a small group here, let me share with you some benefits of a small group. And some of these, you might be like, you know what, I am in a small group. And let me see, let's ask, are these things actually happening in your group? Small groups in your life can deliver transformational growth. Just like I said before, these worship services are awesome, and preaching from up here is awesome, but all it does is deliver truth, okay? If you want real life transformation, I'm telling you what, it happens in a small group. If you've had that in your life, you realize it. You're like, yes, that is where life happens, where I get to rub shoulders with people and live life with people, and I get to study God's Word and actually apply it in my life with other people, where transformational growth happens. It's also where Real community happens. It produces real community like we've been talking about. As a church grows, you're not going to know people. And honestly, there's only a certain number of people that you can, you can know. And honestly, we all want to be known. And so as the church gets bigger, we have to get smaller and be known, not with the giant group, but with our, our small group. It also moves us from being a spectator to being a, a player. I mean, you guys watch football this week. I mean, it's different being watching from TV, right? I mean, it's just a different experience. Even being in the in the stands at a game, there's a little bit different experience than can you imagine being on the field, you know? Like it's totally different. And I think a lot of times the church we go and we just are a spectator instead of actually a player in a community of people. And one of the big things that a small group does, it provides care for people. So a staff can only Meet the needs of a certain number of people and honestly our staff we can 't meet the needs of everybody here and honestly I, I believe it 's an unbiblical system that i 've heard this, this term it 's called a clergification of, of ministries oh, I was a totally made up word clergification okay what that means is that in our in our minds we have we believe that like missionaries are the cream of the crop okay they 're the top of like Christian hierarchy okay so they they devote themselves to to sharing the gospel around the world and they just like give up so much you're like man these guys are rock stars and then right underneath that are like the pastors and the staff um, who who do this full time and then there's everybody else and honestly all I'm supposed to do is just give and get out of the way okay that's what I feel like I'm supposed to do but that is not biblical we are supposed to take care of one another and honestly, the best way for a church that is growing to take care of each other is through small groups. Where pastoral care doesn't happen one-on-one with maybe just a staff member, but it happens in your small group. And honestly, the, best, the cool thing about that is it's scalable. So you might say, you know what, if the church gets any bigger, I'm not going to know the pastor. I'm not going to be taken care of. Well, it doesn't matter if you have two small groups or 2,000 small groups. If pastoral care happens in your small group, guess what? Everybody's taken care of. You know, that's amazing. and that's, that's awesome. And honestly, that's very, very biblical. Here's another one. It offers the fit I'm searching for. You know, there's unlimited possibilities for, for small groups. But we at as Central, we only offer one possibility. And it's Sunday morning at 930. And if you're not available for that time, maybe you're a volunteer, okay, serving here. Or maybe you're in the community and you can't come at 930. You know what we're telling them? This is not for you. We are not a church for you. And so instead of just offering multiple, t- multiple Sunday school times or Sunday school spaces at the same time, maybe we need to start offering multiple small groups at different times. Where we can provide for people and so they can find their fit. And where you can find your fit as well. Because I know there's a lot of people here. There might be a lot of people that watch Later because they're serving right now, we are going, I've never been a small group, and I can't. Like, I physically can't do, be in two places at one time. We're offering you an opportunity to do that, to find your fit in a different kind of setting. And here, I love this one. This is a pretty cool thought. This is a bonus benefit. It leaves a legacy for your kids, you know. Because here's the deal, your kids are watching you, and they're asking something. What they're asking is, do you value your spiritual growth? Is this something that I should devote my life to? Is it actually something that should be important to me? And if you make time for this and you commit to this and you model that in your life, you know what your kids are probably going to do when they grow up? They'll be like, you know what, I want to do the same thing. Because I see a change in my mom's life. I see a change in my dad's life. I see a change in my my grandpa or grandma's life, and I want that. So what do they do? Man, they're always with a group of people. Living life together. So this is my simple call for you today is this. You need other people. We can't live life alone. And not only can you find your fit in a, in a, in a serving opportunity, but I just want to tell you today, you can find your fit in a small group. And I want to ask you this. So the same thing we asked last week. Will you join us? Will you join us? And there's a couple ways that you can, can join a small group. One is have a reunion a lot of you guys have been a part of a small group, and you've kind of just taken an extended time out, okay? And you need to get back in your small group. I understand it's kind of weird. It's like going to a high school reunion, like, oh, I'm going to have to see these people again. It's going to be weird and awkward. It'll only be weird and awkward for just a second. But I promise you, these people are ready to see you back. And they want you back in community with them. So, man, you just got to gotta just rip that Band-Aid off and, just, and rejoin the group that you belong to already, that maybe you haven't been going to for a long time. But here's another way you can do it, is you can try a group out. I love that about, about our church. You can try stuff out. And if that teacher is, like, super weird, like, go to another group, okay? I'm like, you can do that. I promise you, you can do that. In fact, we encourage you to try out some different groups over, over the time to find your fit, right? Not to be forced into a fit, but to, to find your fit. And so here's how you can do that. Um, just like we had last week, there's different ways you can do that. One of them is, is, is to just say yes to joining us by scanning the QR code. It'll take you to a simple way you can, you can sign up online if you're not part of a group, okay? Or at the end of the service, at the next steps table, there's going to be people there that will help you to, to find um, a different small group. they got all these different cards. You can look at all the different ones. And there's tons of options for you. And so if you're like, hey, I'm a Sunday morning person, we have a small group for you. But if you're like, you know what, I would love... To be in a small group like on Wednesday night or Sunday evening or something like that, Tuesday, whatever. We have some small groups that we're starting just for you, okay? In a couple weeks, these groups are going to begin starting, and we want to provide opportunities for you. The question is, will you say yes? Will you say yes to real community? I'm telling you what, when you do, you know what you're saying yes to? is transformation in your life. Biblical transformation of doing what Jesus called us to do as a church to be together in community and you might be sitting here going you know what I've been a part of small group for a really really long time but I want something more you know what else we need we need leaders okay we need lots and lots of leaders so if you feel like you know what I've been in a small group for for many years and I would love to to lead a small group or you're like hey small groups is brand new to me but I'd like to lead one Man, come and talk to us as well. When you sign up, we'll get a hold of you one-on-one. And if that's you, man, we'd love to partner with you to be able to start a small group. You do not have to be a theologian to start a small group, okay? Small groups, all about discussion, living life together, talking through the biblical principles that you're trying to apply in your life, okay? You don't have to go to seminary. You don't have to do all those things. You just have to be available. You know, when I study the scriptures and I, and I read about Jesus and the things that he expected the church to do. I can't get past the fact that he wants us to be in community. That is his desire for us, is to to not be alone. But many of us aren't. We have a lot of people that are just checking out this church and are saying, what's next for me? I'm telling you what, join a small group. Get to know people. In fact, we'll be starting small groups full of brand new people. Like, they're just, just like you, and we'd love for you to be in connection with them. Some of you guys have been hiding out for a really long time. You just come to church. You kind of walk around the halls, okay? Get some coffee. Pretend like a lot of stuff is happening, but you are not in community. Maybe this is your opportunity to say yes to being a part of what God has called us to do. There's lots of different ways to do that, but my question to you is this. Will you say yes to that? Man, what a great way to find your fit. And what a great way to be a part of what God is doing here at Central. Don't do it alone. We're here together. Let me pray for you for just a moment. As you bow your heads and close your eyes, I just want to pray over you right now. Uh, Father, I I thank you for these people. Um, I know that there are a lot of different people, a lot of different stuff going on. Whether they are completely new to this whole thing and they're just trying out church And they don't have a relationship with Jesus. They don't even know what that is. Lord, I pray that today would be a seed planting moment. They would come back again and again. I pray that perhaps they would start a conversation with with one of us. To hear about the good news of Jesus who died on the cross to save them from their sins. And if they would just trust and believe then their life can be saved forever and transformed for their good. Lord, I pray for those here today who maybe are brand new and trying to find their fit. I pray, God, that today might be their yes day. They take that next step. And they've been coming to worship for a really long time, but they aren't really known. And they still feel like an outsider. And I pray, God, that a small group is the answer for them. And they would say yes. For those of us who've been part of this church for a long time, but we've been avoiding our our group. God, give us the courage to go back. For those who who are feeling called to lead, I pray that they would step up. We can't do it without them. I pray, God, that you would transform this church, not through what happens up on the stage or even in this room, but, God, what happens in homes, what happens in classrooms, what happens at coffee shops? What happens at Waffle House throughout the week? Of people coming together, saying yes to you, and truly following you together in community. Transform us, God, to be a church just like the Acts chapter 2 church. We need your help, God. So move today, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you all stand with me for just a moment? We're going to have a song Rylan's going to, to sing. Um, maybe you'd like to talk to one of our staff about being a member here at Central or what it means to follow Jesus. We'll be right over here in the connection room. We'd love to spend some time and talk with you. As we leave this place, if you're like, hey, I want to be a part of, of, a, of a small group for the first time, we'll have the QR code back up on here. You can scan that or go right back there to the, the next steps table. And we'd love to talk with you about taking your next step and saying yes to what God has called you to do today. Let's, let's do that today as we sing.
1: Singing, oh, Christ be magnified Let his praise arise Christ be magnified in me Oh, Christ be magnified the altar of my life Christ be magnified in me oh, Christ be magnified just let his praise arise Christ be magnified in me oh, Christ be magnified altar of my life and Christ be magnified in me I won't bow and I won't bow to idols I'll stand strong and worship you and if it me in the fire I'll rejoice cause you're there too I won't be formed by feelings I'll hold fast to what is true if the cross brings transformation you can't me there with you cause death is just a toy into resurrection life if I join you sufferings, then I'll join you when you rise. And when you return in glory, with all the angels and the saints, my heart will still be singing. My song will be the same. Sing it Christ be magnified from the altar of my life. And Christ be magnified in me. That's a great prayer for us to pray that God would be able to take our, y- our lives and use them for his glory, right? Everything is for him. Well, before we dismiss this, our purpose statement together, I'd just like to say if you're the group that's going to meet at Waffle House, go and let me know because I'd like to join that group, okay? (laughs) All right. Central Baptist Church, we exist.
0: Hey, thank you so much for joining us today at worship. We're so glad that you're able to join us. If you are ready to join us, hey, I want to invite you next week. Come on, join us in service. Um, if not, that's fine. We love our online family as well. If you made a decision today, we would love to know about it. You can either put it in the comment section uh, or you could just email us at prayer at We would love to hear about it. Remember, here at Central, we exist to live for Christ, love people, and make disciples. See you guys later.